You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. How much time till we're on? Get on, Ron. What? We're on the air right now. <clears throat> I'm ready. Good evening, I'm Ron Burgundy. Here's what's going on in your world tonight. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. The all-new Kia Nero, available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. Yeah, g'day, Sports Dayers. Whiz-bang show coming up for you tonight. Sats and Badge joining you. That's a good word, Whiz-bang. Whiz-bang, eh? Wow. I think I might have heard that on Romper Room back in the <laughs> 70s. Uh, plenty going on in the world of sport, in particular the world of rugby and AFL. Some big good and bad news in the AFL world. Um, listeners, thanks for joining us through the Super Radio Network, SEN stations. And if you're listening, a special shout-out to our listeners through SENQ 693am in Brizzy, SEN 1170 in Sydney, and SEN 1620am on the Gold Coast. Oh, and, of course, our Canberra listeners Scotty Sattler on 13.23. You can text us anytime, 0457 736 Sats, and uh, got a pretty good prize to give away tonight. We have the $100 Bing Lee voucher. Yeah, absolutely. Again, mm-hmm. and we've got a little twist to it tonight. Uh, you have to come up with something a bit different. Don't forget to leave your name uh, where you're listening from, and uh, that way we can read your name out at the end if you are deemed the winner. Now, after last night's very brief conversation, or it wasn't really a conversation, it was, it was my input into a documentary I watched, a new one on Netflix called The Race of the Century, and it's yeah. based around Australia's victory in the 1983 America's Cup. Now, I knew it was such a, a great achievement by Australians. I was too young to, to really understand how great an achievement it was until I watched this documentary, and I finished it. What were you, about 10 or 11? I was 10. I think I was turning yeah, 11. Me too. And I... Watch this documentary, and I came to the conclusion that it is Australia's greatest sporting achievement. Really? Yeah. Okay. So it was, it was outstanding because I think because it was seemingly rigged that Australia could never win. Well, it was all in favour of the New York Yacht Club. Of course, they and, made all the rules, and Australia, well, no country, had ever won it in the hundred and thirty something so, year history. Yeah, Two hundred other nations would fight it out for the right to to go up against them on their rules mm. and their terms and everything else. Of course, it was the wing keel, which was um, which was designed and, and hidden from all the other contestants. Yes. But I thought the America's Cup was America just went up against Australia at the time. And until I watched this documentary, I realised, no, they've got to go through it. And it's about – it's not – it's about America. It's, see, people get mixed up. America is not just the USA. That's mm. not America. America – is South America, North America. It's massive. Yep. USA is a part of that. Mm. So the America's Cup is uh, is much bigger than just USA. So the do or die, they are the do the or die races the they've got to go through. Yes. And the great Dennis Connor was the was the captain of the America's Cup ship. Yep. 
uh, boat, I should say, and you know, the, the turmoil that he went through to be the first captain to lose it mm-hmm. and then to come back and win it again in the next America's oh, Cup hosted in Perth. It. So I've got to say it's the greatest achievement sporting-wise from Australia. So that's the question tonight. Am I wrong? Is there something? Or, Is there another sporting a moment? Well, no, Satch, you're not wrong. That's yours. Mm. It, it's, it's what people believe themselves is Australia's greatest ever sporting moment. And it, it could go back to Bradman. It could be something as recent as Ash Barty, uh, you know, winning at Wimbledon. It, it, Australia's greatest ever sporting moment. What do you think it is? Zero four five seven seven three six seven three six. No, you're not wrong, Sats. Come on. So to go Don't on a running on yourself, hundred dollar voucher to Bing Lee. There might be things I've forgotten. Yes, that I'm not really. Well, I'm sure there are plenty. Yeah, it might be the 1989 grand final. It might be Scotty Sattler's tackle. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, actually talking footy, we are going to catch up with uh, Spud Mark Carroll about the uh, talking about the NRL finals coming up. We got the uh, the grand final qualifiers. He's see. got he's got some great analysis about how to beat Penrith. He Look, he is a front rower, and I respect this because the way they played, play and did play, has not changed much. You just got to run through brick walls. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> um, anyway, I did. I did read that he says you have to uh, you have to bash Penrith and uh, and sack the quarterback. I like that <laughs> bit of analogy for him from him. And uh, yeah, Spud will talk to us a little bit later on in the program. Oh, Nick Davis. AFL Premiership winner with the Swans and uh, hosts a show or two on SEN. We're going to have a chat with him very soon, actually. Nick Davis, he will save us. Is that, is that what they say? Well, yeah. Or is that what you say? Well, no, it's what everyone says in, in AFL world because um, for those NFL fans, got to remember that he had a quarter to remember uh, back when the Swannies won the, won the GF 2005. Fourth quarter, he, I think he kicked four or five goals. And the Swannies end up beating, beating Geelong to play West Coast in the, in the grand final. So from and that you day, and the GF pretty well too. Yeah, he always went well. He's a, like a dog on a bone. Um, Did he get the Norm Smith? No, he didn't. And that's why people say Nick Davis, he will save us. I know. Well, you can say that tonight when we get him on the phone. Scotty Sattler, we'll have that's ridiculous. Uh, Simon Orchard from New South Wales Greyhounds is going to join us with his uh, racing preview and tips. You know why? It is. Absolutely massive this week. Million dollar chase. On Saturday night. What a weekend. We've got the AFL grand final Saturday, mm-hmm. the million dollar chase on Saturday night, and then we've got the NRL, well, we've got the both NRL qualifiers. Was it a Friday couple of years ago the million dollar chase was on the same weekend as the NRL grand final? I think it may have been the Friday night or the Saturday night. You're was- thinking of the Everest, aren't you? Might be the Everest. Yeah, that's a ho- they're horses. I These know. ones are greyhounds. They've all got four legs. Righto. Mm. Um... What's this in here? If the bunnies beat now, the if the Panthers bunnies beat the Panthers Saturday, Saturday night, night, have they officially become their nemesis? Because twenty twenty, they defeated them in the grand final qualifier. I think it was twenty to sixteen. Mm. And last year's grand final, fourteen twelve, have they got the wood on the bunnies in these big games? If they beat them, no, but they lost last year's grand final. South. Oh, if you mean no, if the, Penrith have beat South in 2020, 2021 in these big games. Oh, well, this says if the Bunnies beat the Panthers. That's why I'm confused. If the Panthers beat the Bunnies. Oh, sorry. okay. Yeah. Right. I'm mm. with you. Yes. Yes. So they become, they become a bit of a nightmare mm. for them. I, I think the Bunnies would rather meet them in the prelim, wouldn't they? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, but then again, you're, you're getting them off the end of a, of a week Another off. Another week off. Yeah. Yep. All right, mm. you can uh, get the show, uh, the podcast as well, Sports Day QLD or Sports Day NSW 
on Apple or Spotify. Let's do this. An NRL update for Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. We've talked a bit about the Panthers and the, the Bunnies, but on Friday night, uh, the Cowboys stick on the Parramatta Eels in Townsville, where it's supposed to be stinking hot or low. It's a night game. That'll certainly help Parramatta's case. Um, now, Satch, you've talked to me a little bit off the air about Toddy Payton's blueprint to how he wanted to improve the Cowboys. I'm I'm not sure he knew that they would go this far. They've been absolutely outstanding mm. from fifteenth last year to uh, to possible premiers. Do you know what badge? In two thousand and one, the Panthers got the wooden spoon. Two thousand two, second or third last. And then two thousand three, you won minor premiers and win the comp. I, I always thought it would be difficult for another team absolutely. to do that in the modern era, and with the effect that the salary cap has on. On teams these years, these, these in these years, uh, but got to say, finishing fifteenth last year, and to possibly go into a grand final and then win it, I think it will be a long time before we see another achievement like that. And, and it has been only in a very small window. And I was interesting. We were reading a story today, today about the the areas that Toddy Payton and his very good coaching staff focused on, and ensuring that the the team became just at least finals bound not probably thinking about grand finals, but at least just making the finals. And defence is always the key. We know that. I think they average around 13, 14, 15 points a game. You yeah, win most you games. You have to tidy that up yeah. to be a contender, to so be that, a top four contender. So they've done that. Third best defensive side in the competition. Then your halves, of course. And Badge, you know better than anyone with two of the greatest halves combinations in Stewart and Daly. They've got to be in sync. They've also got to have a lot of skill, but a lot of intelligence Stuart about the O'Sullivan. game. Yeah. And then... The one that really stood out for me, Badge, among you've got to debut youngsters as well in a season that's going okay, get them used to to playing NRL, but also get them used to winning as well. The one that really stood out to me was you've got to have a strike centre. Yeah. And why it stood out to me is because I, I, I honestly believe – I haven't this, heard that for a long time. The centres are starting to become the forgotten part of a side in a sense that we're, oh, you've got to have really good defensive centres. But I've always believed you've got to have a strike centre that can turn a half – possibility from 50 or 60 metres out into a try-scoring opportunity, even if it's from 50, 60 to five or six metres out from the try line. And they've got that with Val Holmes. Who are the great strike centres over the years? Steve Renoff. Yeah. There's yep. plenty of them, actually. I want, uh, you can text us as well. Who are those great strike centres over the years? Zero four five seven seven three six seven three six. Steve Straight Rogers. away. I, I, yeah, I thought a sludge. Um, but isn't it? There's there's plenty of them. I played with a couple of good ones. I can tell you. Well, Mal was a striker, oh, wasn't, wasn't he? he? Yeah, and you had Mal on one side, and on one stage we had Peter Jackson on the other. On the other side, who's another striker? Well, Laurie Daly. But it's it's interesting with um, with combinations badge. I look at Steve Renoff, who was one of the great in the history of the game. That's one a strike of the strike centre. He's opposite centre on the other side of the field, was one of the best defensive centres in Chris Jones. Yeah, absolutely. And in the Cowboys' case, they've got strike centre Val Holmes, Petter Hiku, who's one of the best defensive centres Abs- on the other have. side. They sure have. So strike centres. Strike centres are vital when it comes to the Cowboys. Yeah, love and it. they've nailed it. I love it. Um, mm. Greg Inglis, would he be a strike centre? He was a strike anywhere, wasn't <laughs> he? Was he was a strike. Right? Um, and I, I do see uh, on that Cowboys note, Jeremiah Nanai is going to be a free agent again in November because he's just signed that one-year deal. But uh, I reckon they'll be trying to tie him up before then. The Cowboys. Now, uh, Joseph Suwali, there's a couple of um, players here that have made their calls on the World Cup. Joseph Suwali's announced he's going to play for Samoa. Um, mm. 
he made the choice to honour his family and he said he has got great respect for coach, Kangaroos coach Mal Meninga and he thanked him for his consideration, but he said, and one day he hopes to play for Australia, but he thinks this is the right thing to do. So early in your career to knock back the chance to play for Australia in the Kangaroos, um, I'm a bit shocked. Mm-hmm. I understand it. Um, but, you know, I don't have any, uh, you know, that sort of heritage that's running through your veins for Joseph Suwali. It must be extremely strong. You must be so proud of it. And to do that is is a huge thing. So all the better for him and for Samoa at the World Cup. What do you think, Badge, World Cup year play on? Any other time outside of a World Cup? A, World Cup year, I think you have to be able to to make some. We want we want a strong World Cup, don't mm. we? Um, I, I would have thought more so senior players like Josh Papali'i that goes and he says, look, I've done, and he has, he's yeah. done his time. He can play for whoever he wants to play for. He'll play for Samoa. Hey, Payne Haas has uh, has withdrawn from the World Cup. Shoulder and injury, he's, yeah. He's just... And also family issues in relation to, well, we spoke about it, I think it was Monday night. His, mm. his mother was uh, charged and convicted and given uh, a sentence as well. I think it was about eight to nine months, uh, which has weighed heavily on pain. So yep. for those reasons, yeah, like you said, he's, he's decided not to play in the World Cup. Pledge his loyalty the, to the Broncos, which is great for them. And, and he won his fourth success of Paul Morgan medal player of the year, four in a row. Well, we've been talking huge. about the Who club does that? the club achievements badge over the last couple of weeks uh, post-regular season, and we didn't mention that James Tedesco won his fifth Jack Gibson fifth medal. Fifth in a row? Fifth. fifth. Yeah. Gee. Yeah. That is crazy. Mm. Hey, you've got some uh, great Australian moments lining up here, Sats, but we've got a couple of other things I want to get through here. Uh, it's been revealed Lachlan Ilias took unders on his new Rabbitohs deal to keep the club superstars together. Great to uh, to hear his Braith and Astor uh, mentioned on NRL 360 that he signed a three-year extension until the end of 2025 on a bit less money so they can retain the likes of Latrell Mitchell. You've got to do this mm-hmm. if you want to keep everyone together. And I know it's difficult because um, everyone also wants to get as much as they can, but I think there is a time where you, if the club can sell you the dream, Wayne Bennett did it really well at the Broncos and – um, they were never getting anything under the table at Brisbane, but they um, but they all seemingly took a little bit less so they could stay <laughs> together. Um, and I think Satch, you would have you would have done. I know we we did it at Canberra at one stage. I remember you've spoken about a badge where you took less to keep. Was it Mal or Laurie? No, or? no, Ashley Gilbert was uh, who was a real key part of the yep. club, and he was going to get moved on because the salary cap kicked in. And um, we did a bit of a, uh, a get together, some of the players, and we all we all took a ten grand, and we weren't getting paid huge money, but we all took uh, a ten grand pay cut, so five of us, so we actually could get a fifty grand grand and play for the next. Do you know, year. badge outside of that nineteen eighty nine game time, and obviously the big moments, all the, sheep. the big moments in that game, the farmer. Yeah, you know one of the. One of the moments that still stands really fresh in my mind when I'm watching all you guys celebrate, I've brought this up before with you on a number of occasions. I remember you yelling at the camera going, is that on? G'day, Jacko. And you're yelling out yep. to your mate Peter Jackson who'd gone to the Brisbane Broncos. Yep. I remember that vividly. I remember when full time came around, Ashley Gilbert was one of the most excitable players that you guys had won and he played no part in the game. Yeah, he but came off the bench. But he'd forged such a great history with that he club. had he was an original he was there from 82 and yeah absolutely outstanding I remember end of 2001 I went in for negotiations and and Ryan Girdler and Craig Gower were coming off contract and I took less for them to stay and I'm glad I did because they ended up being 
Absolutely. Players, absolutely. Yeah. There you go. Mm. Now, if you don't take less and one of them moves on, you maybe don't win the premiership yeah. and it's a completely different ball game. Mm. You've, you've got an extra five grand in the bank, but you haven't got a premiership ring. Yep. Wow. Mm. Massive difference. Uh, okay. Uh, evening boys on strike centres. Jace says Clinton Torpy was a great centre for my Warriors, wasn't he? 2002, 2003, he was the best centre in the world. Outstanding. Outstanding he was. Better get to the break, Sats. Thanks, Australia, for making Polaris Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. 21 years in a row. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have a chat with Nick Davis from uh, former Sydney Swan, all about the AFL Grand Final. This is Sports Day for the all-new Kia Nero. Sports Day. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. Welcome back to Sports Day with Badge and Sats. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. Oh, bringing back the great old memories for uh, former Sydney Swan. Great. Nick Davis, he will save us. That's Scott, Scotty Sattler loves that. Uh, and SEN host Nick Davis. G'day, mate. How are you? Good evening, boys. How are you? Very good, <laughs> mate. Very good. You must be pretty excited about the Swannies making their way through to the uh, the grand final on Saturday. Yeah, it's exciting. Look, it was there. <laughs> for anyone who was here or was watching on Saturday night, it was a pretty exciting match. Uh, the boys have been able to get over Collingwood by a point. But, um, yeah, two different ways of, of getting into a grand final. The, the Cats look pretty impressive and an easy win. So, um, yeah, grand final day, um, you, you, know, you just got to get yourself there and you're in with a 50-50 chance. But the boys have been pretty confident all year that they're um, that their footy stands up. So uh, they got the, the, the opportunity on grand final day to show it. Was there a point throughout the year, Nick, where you, you wouldn't have thought the Swans were going to make it through? I mean, I don't – well, they haven't been – the best side or the most outstanding side all year. They've had had their moments, but was there a time where you would have thought, "Nah, I don't. I just don't think they've got what it takes this year." Yeah, look, probably even early on, I thought. I think everyone thought that they were going to be a, a good side. Probably twelve months later in, in twenty twenty three, but uh, they had some really impressive wins. There was probably a disappointing loss to Essendon. I think that might have been round sixteen, and since then, I think they've nearly run the table. So. Um, They've been able to um, – injuries have been the key, and I think that's the key in any side that's um, in this time of the year. If you can uh, if you can have that continuity of team and you haven't got too many injuries, um, it allows for great confidence. Now, Nick, uh, the experience of the Cats got so many great players that have played big games, especially at the MCG, and the speed of this some of these very young Swans players. Now, the Swans beat the Cats by 30. I think it was back in round two or round three. That won't mean much – this late in the season. But if the Swans had to tidy up on some of the little crucial areas from that weekend's win, what are they? Yeah, it was probably in the second half, probably due to injury a little bit, but uh, Collingwood sort of got on top of, of the stoppage game and were able to play the ball, uh, the game in their half. Um, and, and as you saw in the last quarter, they, they really got on top. So uh, Geelong have got some really, really good midfielders. Uh, they got good rucks, so... Um, the grand finals, if you can get the ball in your half um, and, and put some pressure on and then scoreboard pressure, it's important. So for me, it's probably around the stoppage and clearance work that the Swans can uh, can tidy up from the weekend. 
Some of the injured players are Sam Reid. Um, he came off last week. Justin McKen- uh, McKerney didn't train yesterday at all. Is that much of a is that much of a, a disturbance if if they don't make the game on on Saturday? Uh, yeah, it always is. Look, everyone, there's, there's always um, you sort of know at this time of the year, no one's ever a hundred percent. And uh, look, it, it could even be just a rostered day off for Justin. I know. Reedy was subbed out of the game last week, but he's um, whenever I've sort of seen him around the club this week, he's been in pretty good spirits and um, and has been walking around freely. They'll have the probably their final training session here in Sydney tomorrow morning um, and head to Melbourne. And look, I, I would be surprised if he wasn't named at least, and then given every opportunity to play. Have they? Have you had much to do with them, Nick? Uh, this year, this week in particular, have you you you're hanging out with them or you you're doing a bit of media around the uh, the team? Oh, a little bit of media. They don't need to hang out with. They don't hang, need to hang out with me. They're all. Um, they're, they know what they're doing. These guys. And look, probably where look Geelong have got um, great, um, great leaders both on and off the field. The Swans. Look, they're they're a young group. These guys and but their coaching staff do a wonderful job. John Longmar has done a really good job with this young side. As I said, probably fast tracking them twelve months um, earlier than what everyone might have predicted. So. Uh, no, they're they're in capable hands. I'll um, I'll head to Melbourne on Friday morning and, and enjoy some lunches and dinners. Yeah, so yeah, I bet you will. So my next question around that is, you know, what, uh, do they look like a group that hasn't got any pressure on them compared to well, no real expectation anyway. If you're saying they're they're probably a year ahead of where you thought they'd be, uh, they're they're pretty pretty relaxed at, at this stage of the week. Yeah, they are, and um, it's something that you can you can get here in. in Sydney and New South Wales with an AFL Grand Final, where it's not, uh, it's not mm. sort of all in your face where it is in Melbourne. The the Geelong boys will be reminded wherever they go this week that it's Grand Final week, and um, they're the favourites to win. Whereas up here in Sydney, the boys can come into training yesterday. It was a beautiful day. They can cruise down the beach and uh, and, and sort of go about their business with with a few well wishes. But um, it, the the Grand Final is just not smacking you in the face until you until they get to Melbourne uh, on Thursday night, and then it'll be sort of pretty real for them. Are you liking that the MCG and, and to the listeners they might find this a little bit funny, but we've you know I've been told on numerous occasions, Nick, that the MCG is a lot bigger than most a lot of the ovals that you play in the AFL, and and with that and with this young Swans team that they're quick and they can cover cover long long distances for long periods of time. Does it, and I think they've got great leaders, like you said, Geelong, but does it really fall in favour of this, this young swan, swan side that the MCG is the, the home of the grand final? Yeah, it has. And I think the way that the, the Swans list has changed and their game style has evolved over the last sort of 12 to 18 months has suited uh, the MCG a lot as well. Um, yeah, they can cover the ground a little bit more. Um, it, it's a unique. Probably the two teams playing in the grand final have got the two most unique home grounds in the SCG. And for Geelong, GMHBA Stadium is 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 very long but very skinny and, and unlike any other. So, uh, look, Geelong have played really well there in two prelim finals. The Swans were able to um, to beat Melbourne down there in the first week of the final. So, yeah, I don't think the I don't think the the ground holds too many fears for either side at the moment. What have you made of uh, Buddy's finals appearances so far? He's uh, kicked two last week. Uh, there are times late in that game I felt as though the ability just to change direction. You know, the younger players were were um, were handling him quite well. Now Sam uh, DeConning is is going to be looks like he'd be defending Buddy this week. He did a good job on Danaher last week as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did, he, and he's sort of been. Um 
you speak about the the Swans younger players, um, Geelong have had a real injection into their side um, since their their finals campaign last year. And look, yeah, Buddy is a big game player. And uh, if I'm one of the other 21 Swans players and I'm walking out on grand final day with Lance Franklin, I know there's not many people that handle pressure as good as Lance does. Um, look, the, obviously, the body's a little bit older, but uh, the mind is still sharp. So uh, the young DeConey's going to have his work cut out. If the uh, if the Swans are to get up, uh, who needs to be their best? Who's the Norm Smith medalist? Is it is it Isaac Heaney or someone else? Yeah, I think it is. I think you might be right there. Sort of Isaac Heaney's got the ability to to do a number of different things. Um, and sometimes on Grand Final day, everyone will trot out the line that um, is it's just any other game. But you need to be able to do to go to a different level. And Isaac Heaney can do that. Callum Mills can do that as well. And and maybe. Look, uh, probably another Smokey there could be could be Chad Warner, but uh, there's any number of. There's probably been the 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 benefit and then the, the pleasing thing of the Swan season is just the um, the overall spread of of, um, of effort and, and match winners over the year. It just hasn't been left to to Franklin like it was probably four or five mm. years ago. Yeah, mm. and and great news that he uh, that he inked another one year deal this week. Uh, what is what's the week like in Melbourne? I know it's very different than. Then Sydney, the build-up to the NRL Grand Final, is it? They still have the parade. Is that all happening in uh, in Melbourne this week? Yeah, Grand Final parade still on. A bit different. I think the first part of the parade is through um, is on the Yarra, and then in, uh, on on barges and what? boats, and then they they dock somewhere, and then they get in the back of the cars, and then do the rest of the way up Collins Street. So a little bit different for the Grand Final parade. I don't know if they need to wear life vests or have whistles or whatever they need to do, but yeah, a bit. <laughs> Bit of a different grand final parade, but it is different in Melbourne, boy. It, it, it's everywhere. The cars would have streamers and balloons, and it, it's um, it, it sort of it does encapsulate Melbourne Grand Final Day. Whether your team's in it or not, everyone's got an interest in this game, and uh, that might be just a little bit of a benefit for the Swans boys that can have a bit of a normal week here in Sydney and and be um, and and sort of not get down there till late. And they've got the, the big kick across the Yarra, the kicking comp, longest kicking comp as well. They do it pretty well, actually. And then one thing that the NRL has adopted also from the AFL is the former players, Nick, who present the the grand final winners of the trophy, usually the next player from that club. Yes. Have you been told who the, the two players are yet from the Swans and the Geelong Cats? I think I know the Swans one is going to be Paul Kelly. Oh, what a uh, he presented the, the cup in, in 2005 yep. to, uh, to, to Paul Roos. So um, it's going to be Paul Kelly. I'm not sure who the Geelong Cameron Ling. Uh, representative is going to be. Hopefully, hopefully the, oh, Cameron Ling, hopefully yep. he doesn't ah. have anything to do. So, um, yeah, exactly. But, uh, no, it, it's, a, it's a, the AFL, yeah, these sort of traditions that, that they've had are, are pretty special. So hopefully for... For one of those ex-champions, Cameron Ling was obviously able to win premierships, but Paul Kelly being such a great of the Swans, um, that was never I played in a grand final but never won. It's, mm. um, it'll be a special honour for him for sure. One of my favourite players of all time, Wagga Boy. Um, now, Swans by how much and who's your Norm Smith? Uh, I've got Swans by 16 points. Um, yeah, pretty wow. quite one. I think it'll be a, pretty, a, a bit high scoring, probably in the sort of... 70s and 80s sort of business, but um, yeah, and I've got uh, Callum Mills as my Norm Smith medalist. Righto. Wow. Hey, and we, no, just before we let you go, who the fans? You know, there's a lot of fans that won't be going. Well, they're not directly Geelong mm-hmm. or Swans fans. Who, who's the default club? Who's going to have you know the hearts of those those other fans? Is it is it Geelong because you know they're the Victorian club, or you think maybe the Swannies? 
Um, I think maybe the Swannies might be able to get the neutrals there. I think um, I don't think there's any real big villains in either of the clubs. It's not a, a Carlton or a Collingwood where other clubs don't really like them as much. So, yeah, I think the neutrals uh, will probably, yeah, they might be on the Swan side. It'll be interesting. It'll be mm. an interesting. It'll be a wonderful afternoon. It always is. The yep. AFL Grand Final is one of Australia's greatest events, and we can't wait. We really appreciate your time, uh, Nick Nick Davis, from former Swan, for joining us on Sports Day. No worries, boys. Have a good night. Great stuff, Sats. It's uh, it's fantastic. The uh, the AFL Grand Final. Hey, there has been some news through today. We're going to get into pretty soon around uh, around Hawthorne. Yes, some real uh, some real negative sort of stuff around. Uh, external review that was conducted. An external yeah. review. And before we get to the break, we have been asking about the greatest Australian moment. So this is your chance to win the $100 Bing Lee voucher. Uh, Redman says, G'day, fellas. I think Cadell Evans winning the Tour de France was a great Australian effort. That was. We should never forget that. You know, this, that, that was, is gruelling. Best part about it was when he won, it was post Lance Armstrong. So it was, it seemed to be a clean living, uh, a clean level playing field. Yep. Yeah. Um, first winner from the Southern Hemisphere. Yep. And, uh, and a bit of uh, info for us. Sir Thomas Lipton offered a cup as a prize for a boat race. It was won by a boat called America. That's the name. That's the name, America's America Cup. Cup. There you go. Ah, Redman, you Good are. Good Redman. You're, you're the one man. of the favourites at the moment. You're the man. Redman. This is Sports Column. Day, the all-new Kia Nero, available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. We'll be back soon. Sports Day, the all-new Kia Nero, available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. Welcome back to Sports Day with Badge and Sats. The all-new Kia Nero, available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. Yeah, thanks for hanging around on Sports Day. Badge and Sats with you. Before we get to our sports update, Sats, I want to uh, read out some of these texts uh, for the uh, the Bing Lee voucher. Great Australian sporting moments. You said yours was the America's Cup win in 83. We've got plenty more. Aussies, 89 Ashes victory. From seven seven zero, oh, yeah. Alan Border led, fantastic. That's Saint Boyd. Got to remember that series. That was a six game series, was it? Right, and that was that was a series that really revitalised Australian cricket again. Yeah, England were captained by the great David Gower, and Alan Border had a young Steve Warren co in the side, and four uh, nil they won the series. Amazing player of the series, Terry Alderman. What a great bowler. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. Great outswinger. With that swing bowling. Yeah. Well, they weren't the quickest, but gee, they, couldn't he hoop them around? Yeah. Hey, what about this one? Australia's greatest sporting moment was Cliffy Young winning the inaugural Sydney-Melbourne Ultra Marathon at 61 years of age in 1983. Rob from Maruka, that is outstanding. That How big was that at the time? Uh, they made a he telly movie about it. He was amazing, and it was just a shuffle, the Cliffy Young yep. shuffle. It's, it's how I run now. I don't, I'm not even that fast. Potato farmer? I think, yes. Yeah. yeah. And they used to have footage of him in his- He just kept going. His gum boots, just shuffling around there, the farm. And there was some, it was a Greek guy, some Greek god who was chasing him, became his second or whatever, but Cliffy just kept going. He kept going throughout the night. When other people would rest- Yep. He kept going. Amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And that's, that's a great nomination, Rob. It is. You got one more for a set? Hi, Badge and Sats. I feel Adam Scott. This is from NTG. No tongue, Gary. Uh, nice, Gary. I feel Adam Scott winning the U.S. Nice, Masters <laughs> in 2013 was a great achievement. One of our best to let the world of golf know us Aussies can also play the game. 2013. Was it that long ago? Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Didn't a fair while like ago. Didn't seem that long ago. Okay, sports update time now. Sports Day, Sports Update. Join Robson Civil Projects, jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. Chris Fagan uh, is taking a leave of absence from the Brisbane Lions after the ABC revealed shocking information in the Hawthorne Review that's now pending an investigation by the a- AFL. Mm. Incidents at the centre of the review allegedly took place during Alastair Clarkson's time as head coach. Chris Fagan was an assistant. Um, so Alastair Clarkson will not begin his role as North Melbourne coach, as planned on the 1st November. Uh, the club saying he's going to be given time to fully participate in the investigation sats. This is um, some pretty disturbing stuff. Disturbing allegations is what we should say. That's what they are at the moment, just allegations. Allegations. Do you want me to read out what they are? Yeah, absolutely. Bullying and relocating First Nations players from their homes and changing their phone numbers so they could fulfil their potential as AFL players using intimidation tactics to separate couples during the early stages of pregnancy, all allegations, and allegedly urging one player to instruct his partner to terminate a pregnancy. So really heavy stuff. And on the surface, Sats, it looks uh, yeah, it, it looks and sounds terrible. It, it does. It does. And, it, you know, it, it's really ugly to read, to be quite honest. And if proven, and we've got um, some texts here in, in their opinions as well in relation to if, if it can be proven that – um, the suggestions and advice to to the players in question. If it's unhealthy and inappropriate, they've got to face heavy sanctions. Simple as that. Especially if it's yeah you know, had had a, a it's affected them emotionally and and psychologically with years to come after their careers or during their careers moving forward. Yeah. But we don't know what the actual conversations are as yet, and that's why the AFL need to do their own investigation as well in relation to this. And yeah, you know, some of the allegations like you're talking about Badger, the um. I suppose, what's the right word to use to separate First Nations players um, from their communities and families at time? Yes. Um, and I've got to say, Badge, I've, I've been involved in, in first-hand reviewing of, of players, of um, whether they're uh, First Nation Indigenous, Australian Indigenous or Polynesian or even Anglo-Saxon players uh, when I was at the Gold Coast Titans and, and doing a full review on, um, about their surroundings and it was things like living conditions, family influence from an emotional perspective, but also a financial perspective yep. as well, whether the money that they're earning, are they able to, to bank themselves, put the towards assets, or um, or is it being used by family members? You know, it's very, very important for young players to to learn financial security or smart, smart financial decisions really early on. Uh, community influence, their educational surroundings as well, were they engaged in a a positive educational surrounding that's going to help them uh, not only be a, r- a really good player in the future, but are they going to be a good human, good person as well? Yes. So I've been involved in these reviews as a club on individual players and whether it would be wise to to um, to remove them from situations and place them in a far more positive environment to help them with their with their career if the career is the prim- primary focus of their of their life at that would it, stage. Would it be fair to say it's, it's a very complex issue? Absolutely and, it is. And very different situations from one player to another. Absolutely it is. I'd Absolutely. You know, there's heavy influences that yeah. come from family members and we don't know what the conversations that were had back in those times and they are allegations at the moment in the Alistair Clarkson's um, period as, as coach there. And, and he, of course, he's just about to start as a new coach of North Melbourne as yeah. well. They've had to put as that down as well. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's very complex and – 
at times it, it could get very, very ugly. This. Feel, feel free to tell us what you think on our text line, 0457 736 736. It is, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very uh, delicate situation. It's confronting. But, uh, we will hear more. Uh, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. Now, uh, the biggest summer of cricket is on KO Sports Sats, and the T20s got on underway last night in India. We spoke to uh, Barrett Sundarace and uh, SEN commentator last night, uh, and the T20s, I think, started uh, at 11.30 last night. Australia off to a good win. Mm. Six for 208. We were chasing Cam Green. Open the batting. Open the batting. You know what? He, in he, the place of Davey Warner and, and smacks 61 off 30 balls. That doesn't surprise me. He seems to be one of those players. He's, you know, he's, he's a jack of all trades. You could bat him at 6-5-1, whatever it may be. He's a star. Good with the ball as well. Takes everything in stride. Good part about it. Both he and Aaron Finch opened the batting. Aaron Finch got through to the third over and 22. he got 22. So it's a big score for him at the moment. Well, you just need any score, don't you? Yep. You need to get out of those, you know, those teens, single, first and foremost, oh, leading digits. into a World Cup. Yeah. A World Cup. And, um, and outside of that, uh, Matty Wade, 45 Finished off 21. Finished him off for us, 45 yeah. off 21. Got us home with, uh, I think, a few balls to spare. Second so. game on Friday. Yeah, tw- second game uh, of three. On Friday in Nagpur. So yep. d- don't risk missing Australia. Take on India. Ad break free in play on KO Sports. And uh, and don't forget, keep those texts coming if you want to win the $100 voucher to Bing Lee. Uh, this is Sports Day. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. Sports Day. The all-new Kia Nero. Available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. Welcome back to Sports Day with Badge and Sats. The all-new Kia Nero, Available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. Yeah, welcome back to the show. These texts are flooding in, as always, and thank you so much for them. 0457736736. Before we get to some more of those, Sats, uh, our lay bin segment, Play Your Way, on the AFL Grand Final with Betfab. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Now, you can lay off. You can lay something that you don't think is going to happen. And an example of that, Scotty Sattler, tell us what you're going to lay. The Mad Cow nightclub in Townsville will be closed on Friday night. (laughs) I'm not sure. Won't be happening. Honestly, I've got to say. You'll be laying that, yeah, for sure. We'll let every Friday night, but this Friday night, where the Cowboys hosting. Saturday. And. And you can't get a you can't get a bed in town. Well, we're staying at Brent Tate's house. No, or his great garage. Garage. I say. Uh, we won't be in his house. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I've got to say, unless some... we can, yeah, unless we get home first and we lock leave him, him out. at the Mad Cow and lock him in. Mm. Do. do you know? I had some great nights at the Mad Cow and had some crazy nights at the Mad Cow. But Townsville's never seen anything other than Origin last year like this. Origin was huge. Huge. But it was a midweek. So everyone's got to go back to work on Thursday. Right. So they've got Friday, they've got Saturday off, a lot of the, the people in North Queensland. But Th- that town will be absolutely bunter but that, on Friday but night. But it can't be any bigger. Badge, than I may be late for our plane on Saturday morning. Oh, you I'm might just not telling even, you right absolutely, now. Absolutely, you won't make it. Mm. All right. Uh, I'm laying uh, Damien Cook and Appy Karoyasau both to make the Aussie World Cup squad. Oh. So. Y- you're saying Karoyasau will play for Fiji? Uh, I don't know. He might play for Australia and Damien Cook might. I just, I just don't think they're going to be able to fit them both in with, with Harry Grant and, and Ben Hunt. Mm. Others might disagree. They might – Cook and, and Karoyasau might be the, the, the Aussie hookers and the other two fighting for it, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen that way. 
given uh, Queensland's uh, winning of the Origin Shield and the way Billy Slater used uh, used those other two. Yeah. So, head to Betfair for live markets on the AFL Grand Final and back or lay bet. Gamble responsibly, 1-800-858-858. Time for a couple of text sets before we go any further. These greatest moments. We've got some... A lot of votes, Toronto. Rod is one here as well that have voted for Kathy Freeman winning gold and Sydney See, having the Olympics games. Now the pressure that was on Kathy. Yep. The in the brick, to perform one. in two thousand in that event as the face of the games. Grafton Bronco. I, I ca- yeah, I yep. can't think of another Australian athlete with that sort of pressure, that mm. sort of expectation. Well, especially got, after um, Perez. Well, she got beaten out. in ninety six. Got the silver medal and Marie Jose Perec. Perec yeah. beat her. In 96 in Atlanta. Um, and then Marie Jose Perec again was going into that race as one of the favourites, not the favourite, because she'd waned a little bit. And Kathy Freeman was, was catching her. And she knew that she was catching. And the media pressure that was on Marie Jose Perec forced her to get on a plane early and leave the country. Hence was the. Now, the pressure on Marie Jose Perec wouldn't even been comparable or compatible, I should say, to the to the pressure that was on Kathy Freeman. Only one, she was running in that 400-metre final. Mm. But secondly, she was the one that lit the flame. She like was Like a 30, week and a half before. Perec was 32 at the time, so mm. it was right at the end of her yeah. career and mm. uh, didn't finish the way she would have liked. But Kathy, yeah, that, that was quite amazing. So I think that might trump you. Sats, although I'm still leaning it towards Cliffy Young at 61, that... <laughs> Would have people over year, overseas? Would have they known anything about Cliffy Youngblood? No, nope, who cares? <laughs> Do you remember the shirt he wore? Who was he sponsored by? He wore a shirt with holes in it. Mm-hmm. It was sponsored shopping centre by yeah. Woolworths, Westfield. Westfield was yeah. he? Never well, certainly wasn't Aldi. That wasn't around at the time. <laughs> Westfield. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we got one here, Mick from DY. Eleven in a row, the Mighty Dragons. Never before, never again. That was amazing. That's not a. Mo- is that a moment? Well, it is recognised around the world. Achievement. That's not a moment. It's eleven years. Yeah. Mm. But it's, it was. You are so, amazing, you, Mick. You are right, but he's recognised around the world as one of the greatest sporting achievements. Uh, Mark says, "What about Steve Waugh's last ball century in the two thousand and three Test at the SCG?" Oh yeah, yeah. Was that his swan song? No, I don't think it was. It played him back into form. He was under a lot of pressure. It was, yeah. People were calling for his head. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Really good book on that called One Perfect Day. It's a great book, actually. Do you remember this? It sats on the world stage. Um, 27-year-old Neil Robertson becoming our only ever world snooker champion in, in 2010. He was ignored in Oz. The Chums. They now recognise the Thunder from Down Under as one of the world's greatest six players with... Henry and Ronnie O. Cheers, Bondi Jack. There, well, Bondi there you Jack. go. Learn something new every day. Another one, Sats, before we – well, we're not going to go anywhere. We're just going to have a little break. Alan Border and the 1987 World Cup. Toronto Rod. Oh, the one-day World Cup. One day is, yeah. Of course, yeah. Good on you. Toronto Rod. Right, I keep them coming, and you could be uh, the winner of the $100 voucher to Bing Lee. This is Sports Day, the all-new Kia Nero, available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. Thanks for joining us. If you're leaving, otherwise, we'll be back very soon. And Mark Spud Carroll is going to join us.
Podcast Day. The all-new Kia Nero, Available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. Good of you to hang around on Sports Day. Badge and Sats here with you on this Wednesday night. As I said uh, before the break, Mark Spud Carroll is going to join us to talk about the NRL finals. We've already had a chat to Nick Davis. He will save us. He will save us, yeah. Mm-hmm. Scotty Sattler. Uh, I don't think he was real chuffed about you saying that. He didn't He loves react, it. Did he? Okay. he loves it. Uh, about the AFL finals. Um, that's ridiculous. We've got a few of those coming up. If you've got one, you can let us know. Uh, and... We're going to get to some of your texts in a sec. Now, if you're running a small to medium business as a builder, renovator or tiler, Beaumont Tiles wants to help you. Just head to iCanWin.com.au and you could win a $25,000 advertising package to grow and promote your business. Sats, JT. Sorry. JT has declared the Eels as the team under most pressure. Of course he'd say that. On Friday night. They're playing against his Cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I think the pressure is on the Eels. Pressure's on all four sides. Well, it's been a little while since they've won a comp. and Everyone's like expecting do... Penrith to dominate. Everyone's expecting Latrell to be the player but, of the finals. But do you think the Cowboys fans are expecting their team to win or they just want them to win and they're right behind them? Expecting and they're not gonna, them to win. They're not going to be – yeah, but they're not going to be giving it to them. They're not going to come out swinging like a lot of the media will if mm. – if, um, not us. Yeah, it's been a success if, anyway. If the, if the Parramatta Eels get beaten. I'm not betting against the Cowboys ever again. It's cost me a friendship. Yeah, with I Todd know. Payton, I know. okay, so I'm not betting against them ever again. Mm. Uh, but you are, you are right, Badge. You, you hit the nail on the head. If the Cowboys for some reason don't win on Friday night, yeah, the the I suppose the noise around them is not as loud as what it is around Parramatta. Now, can I ask you, Badge, if it's the first time that they've been to a grand final qualifier? I think it's 11 years. Not it's definitely during Brad Arthur's tenure. 2009, years. 13 yeah. years. So. If they make the grand final, to me, it's still I still believe they're heading in the right direction. Now, of course, there's a window shutting because they've got some players leaving. Half uh, a dozen. I say Papali'i and Rimani, uh, Nia Cora. Mm. Now they've got Josh Hodgson coming in. Of course, they've got some good players coming through the the ranks as well. But making the grand final to me says that they're going in the right direction yeah. than they have in previous years. Yes. Yep. But but there's still an expectation that they yep. need to. To get in and win one. Mm. It's just what comes with being a member of a club with that was just the dominating dom, dominant club for a, a long time in the 80s, weren't they? Well, they won the first three and then they won four in six years. Mm. The start of the eight. Just crazy yeah. how good they were. Mm. Okay, um, now Raiders back row Hudson Young has been rewarded for his uh, his stellar year, particularly the second half. Selection in the Kangaroos extended squad. Well, He's not playing against the PM's 13 this week, I yeah, see. That's been a little bit forgotten, Elbow's yeah. team, who's playing this week against uh, PNG this Sunday, men's and women's uh, games. And he deserves Did Elbow it. pick it? Well, he's had some say, apparently, in the team. He apparently called Mal into his office, because Mal lives in Canberra, of course, so it's yep. just a phone call. He said, listen, Mal, I need you to get in your, your Hummer. I need you to get down here to my office, Parliament House, before I go over to the Queen's funeral. Let's have a chat. This is my team. Right okay. Have you seen his team? I ha- he's, well, he's a mad South supporter, so he had Latrell at fullback. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, well. Even though he's playing in a yeah, that's, yeah well, a grand final, a qualifier. He, he wasn't sure they were going to get through. Exactly. So, um, yeah, George P- Piggins Hooker. Um, he had Mark Ellison, the f- general manager of footy in the second row. Did he? Yeah. So it was never going to work. Mel said, listen, I'll take he's a few of these. On. But apparently Albo did have a little bit of a say. Um, Hudson Young deserves to be in the squad. I think you'll be in the final squad that tours. Well, it's not really touring, are they? It's here in Australia. Mm. Um, and in saying that as well, on NRL 360 tonight, they're talking about um, Sueli'i. You mentioned earlier on his pledges allegiance to Samoa. And the question was asked, should Mal have done more to convince Joseph Sueli'i to play for Australia? Now, I don't think it's Mal's job to convince players. But but do they know what Mal did do? To, did, did Mal talk to Did Mal try to convince him? But Who out, knows? But outside of that, Mal has made it blatantly clear from, from what we hear is that he wants players that like Hudson Young came I want out. want to be there. Hudson Young came out yesterday and said, oh, I have always held the green golden, green and gold jumper ahead of an origin jumper. Yes. As a kid, all I ever wanted to do so, was play for Australia. Correct answer when asked about whether you want to Tick. play for Australia. Yep. That is the correct – and, on a, you know, and I, when I first heard that I was going to wear the green and gold, I felt better than I'd – you know, better than – I felt amazing when I got picked for Queensland. But when you get picked for Australia, that's, that's something special. I'm being serious here, Badge. I know we – we make fun of you a little bit, and I don't know why we make fun why of you. you? When yeah, we you tell can. a story about when you made your debut, you came off the bench on the wing and you marked Martin off you. But you see, I told you, you wouldn't know that story if I didn't tell you. I would have found out eventually. No, you wouldn't. Your wife would have told me. No, but anyway. She didn't even watch. In all seriousness, Badge, when you got picked from an interchange player, which would have been the highlight of your career to be to be getting a green and gold jersey. No, but my, see, before that, I got picked for a kangaroo tour. That was the moment. Okay. Was there different feelings between getting picked for a kangaroo tour in 86 and then getting your first number one jersey for Australia? Well, then that didn't happen until – so I was on the bench in 88 and yeah. then 89. Tour to New Zealand? Tour to New Zealand. I got, finally got picked. And yeah, they're all different. And mm. I, you know, I was lucky. I just sort of slowly progressed through through the ranks. Mm. Um, yeah, special, special. So Hudson Young, uh, very excited about that. And he'll be – hey, can I just quickly tell you this Prime Minister's – 13 team if you haven't seen yep. it. Now, it's a, it's a mixture of players that I think um, have been rewarded for good seasons and are not obviously not featuring in the finals and other players that I think Mal needs them to play some footy mm. so that they can f- it's going to help them to keep fit enough for the World Cup. So Daly Cherry Evans, for example, is at halfback. Matty Burton at 5'8". Uh, but um, young Jojo Fafida on the wing. How good was he? Had a good finish. Towards the end of the yeah, season. Yeah. Josh Adokar is on a wing. Um, keep him fit and firing and ready for the finals. Dane Laurie at fullback. What an outstanding year he had for the Tigers. And in the centres, Cobbo and uh, Selwyn Cobbo and Zach Lomax. So two very good players. Up front, Tino Fasuma Laawi and Thomas Flegler. Benny Hunt at hooker. Obviously keep him fit. Nat Butcher and Angus Crichton in the back row and Josh King. Interchange, Max King, Bo for more. Jake Simpkin, Luke Garner and uh, reserves, just in case. Josh Curran, Jake Avarillo. What about this one? Sammy Walker. Mm, what an experience. He, that kid is going places, I can tell you. Good stuff. Hey, Badge, really quickly, there's a fullback for the PNG Hunters who I've seen a fair bit of. His, name, his name's Edna Gibby. He went down to South City, played in the PNG Hunters for a couple of years. He went down to South Sydney and never really got a run. He is an NRL player every day of the week. Really? Every day of the week. Is he? So he's playing for the Hunters? He's he's play, play, no, no, he's not playing for the Hunters. He's playing for the... The, P- the Papua New Guinea no, side. In regular f- weekly foot. Who no, play he's playing with um, 
He was at Wynnum. Okay. One yeah, of the but he, yeah, but he's sides. playing for PNG. He is he is a superstar. Wow. Be worth watching. Yeah, Maybe absolutely. Try to stream that. Okay. Uh, and just on uh, on talking about rep players and players of the future, the Waratahs and Rugby Australia has, have edged out uh, a heap of NRL clubs who were keen on this young schoolboy prodigy, Max Jorgensen. You played with his dad, didn't you, Sam? Peter, Peter Jorgensen. Jorgensen. Yeah, Penrith. He's uh, apparently uh, a hell of a good player. St. St. Joey's College in Sydney, tw- year 12 student and son of uh, yeah Peter Jorgensen. Played at the Roosters as well. Uh, and he's been compared by some judges to uh, to Joseph Suali'i. Well, he, he's not as, he can't be as tall as Joseph no. Suali'i because Peter Jorgensen was – Five seven on a good day. Someone said he moves like, plays a bit like James Tedesco, but okay. he's got a great kicking game. So sounds like he's got an upside. He's really good players, Dad Peter Jorgensen. That would have been really important yeah. for uh, for rugby Australia. Hey, to keep in it. relation to Edna Gebby, who's playing for PNG Hunters. Yes, a good mate, Salty, just texted me and said he's playing for the Townsville Blackhawks. Aha, mm. right, and they're not in the final. Thanks, it's Salty. No, up not. against North Devils, North chasing Devils. two in a row mm. uh, this weekend. And then, of course, the winners of Queensland and New South Wales play off in the national final as one of the curtain yes. raises to the NRL yes. grand final. Now, Badge, what do you make of motivations? Like when you were at Canberra, did you have any – at the start of the year, did, did Sheensy ever put up anything on the whiteboard or did he use anything as a motivation? Because he was a big uh, NFL, well, American he, sports nah, lover, wasn't he? No, didn't touch that stuff. Can't, no? can't cop that. If he did no, that, I would you. have walked out of the room. He did. No, we yeah, but we were setting goals. and uh, But what motivation as far as what, other achievements? Well, to just something to, to work towards. And there's, this is the two-pronged um, pointer, I suppose, with this discussion. I was just reading a really good story about the Penrith Panthers jersey flag side. And at the start of their training, the very first week of training last year, they put up 48, the number 48, and that's all it was, just 48. And over two years, full season rugby league in two years. So obviously they got cut short because of COVID. 48 weeks would be the time that the grand final would be around. So they need to be there in 48 weeks' time to play their best footy. The different motivations that – you know you walk into a lot of – I think it might mean 48 games over two years. 48 weeks to be oh. there on grand final week. Okay. And you've got to be playing your best footy. And so they're aiming towards the 48th week of their season. And you walk into a lot of training facilities, and there's a lot of quotes around and just to try and keep your, your focus. And there's been a bit of footage over the last few days about Viliami Kikia after last year's grand final. There was a video that he did where he's singing – Glory, glory to South Sydney, and it went out on some sort of social media platform, and and now the narrative for that game on Saturday night is that's the motivation for oh. South Sydney to get revenge. You're right, he had a skin fleece. Yeah, if that's all they've got, mm. I think they need more than that. Yeah, serious. I, I don't think the play. I don't think the players would even care. Did Sheensy try and did he try and introduce a lot of the the NFL, a lot of the American? No, nah. no, no. Nah, I hate it. No, no, Never you did. hated it. I'm oh, well, I'm I would have remembered because yep. I would have hated it and mm. it didn't happen. No, why would you go to – why would you look at that, stu- that well, stuff? Well, he or? introduced a lot of things into the game that he that did. he have got ideas from Very, yeah. the American sports. Very um, progressive and clever, cheesy, but no. I remember at I Penrith, didn't. Roy Simmons told me once that at Penrith he wanted every player to wear shoulder pads, <laughs> like halfback, fullback, everyone to wear shoulder Sheenzy pads. Cheesy wanted me to wear gloves. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, you've told me that. And and, and yeah. we trialled them in in one game, and I just wore them for ten minutes and threw them off, and I felt like a complete tosser wearing a pair of gloves out on the field. And I'd said, Shinji, I think I can catch all right anyway. I don't need them." Well, everyone's going to start wearing them. They're all going to be wearing them, but I want you to try them. And 
and anyway, I didn't. And then they went to the um, to the league and asked if it was if you could do it, and they knocked them back. They said no, no. They looked at them. They just said they were a bit rough. And I think Ronnie Gibbs wore some playing for Castleford in England. Yes. And some of the stitching had come off, and it yeah, ripped someone's eye, cut someone's he eye. Did do that. Yeah, yeah. I remember Sheen's at the West Tigers once was making players wear sweatbands on your wrists, and you had to tape them. So when the sweat came down your arms, it hit the sweatbands and stuff your hands. Yep. So easy to catch the ball. There you go. Now, I don't know whether it was just a placebo effect. But you had really slippery forearms. <laughs> yeah. So you'd catch it, but then you'd tuck it under your, under your arm and you'd drop it. Right, uh, texts uh, for McDonald Jones Homes um, because we've got this $100 voucher to um, Bing Lee to give away. Scotty Sattler, McDonald Jones birthday sale is on now. Now, Muzz says, Sats, didn't Westfield sponsor the Sydney to Melbourne Ultra Marathon? Not just Cliffy. Maybe they did. I think I, they did. I can just remember the I shirt. I think they did. Yeah. 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 But the great Yarnus Kouris was the was the Werris Creek. <laughs> yeah, he beat was. Cliffy's record in 1985. Ah, that's what happened. Yeah. I knew he was involved somewhere. Hey, um, this one here, Grafton Bronco. Can't forget Steve Bradbury, the Winter Olympics gold medalist. Greatest sporting what a moments. win from last to first. You know, a lot of people, it's a great story, Steve Bradbury. He's one of the great guest speakers. And people tend to think, people tend to think that um, there is a one-shot wonder. That was his fourth Olympics. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he yeah. says people think like it was the first time I've raced. It happened in the semifinal as well. Did it? Yeah. Oh, a couple of the skaters it. fell over. He got through and, and got through to the final on the same game plan. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And this one here, I want to throw this one in. Uh, uh, Brian is at Whiteside uh, in North Brizzy, guys. My moment is Rob DiCostello in the 82 Commonwealth Games. Remember that? The marathon. That was huge. Remember he tells a story Absolutely where he, huge. he had to go to the toilet during the run, so he just did it in his shorts. Oh, no, well, they do that. Yeah. They do that. Hey, um, before we go to the break, have you heard about this uh, giveaway SN's doing sets? Uh, uh, us and Maccas have rustled up four double passes to the Cowboys-Eels game this Friday. The, 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 the uh, pre-lit, no, sorry, grand, grand final, final qualifier. qualifier. There's only three doubles left. Joel and Fletch have given one away earlier today. But it includes return flights from Sydney to Townsville. So uh, tickets for the Eels-Cowboys match and one night's accommodation, which is almost Tate's. impossible to get. No, not at Tatey's. Granny uh, flat. No, not in his granny flat. Okay. You're in a tent in the backyard. Yep. No, you're not. Uh, all you do is listen tomorrow morning to SEN 1170 for a chance to win or get involved on TikTok. Dad, you can do your TikTok. How, what? You've got TikTok. No one's got TikTok. You've how got can you TikTok. Do, how can you do that? Mm. What? What do you? How do you get involved on TikTok? Isn't that just lots of weird videos and stuff? People dancing. What? There's a lot of people that want to dance. How do you do days, it on TikTok? Badge. Sats, tell us about it. Well, if you post a TikTok video, which I'll be doing tonight, as an example, using the hashtag SEN Macca's Jet. Showing us how you uh, want to join us. You could win, a, win one of those double passes. The winner of the TikTok giveaway will be given at the end of the captain's run tomorrow, which is, of course. Oh, so you've got to do it on TikTok. Yeah, well, Cameron Smith. Me. That'll do me. You can I'm use done. my TikTok account if you want, Badge. I'm not doing so that. So the TikTok, the TikTok video has to, as we said, has to show us how you want to join us. Mm. Drunk. Beauty. This is Sports Day. I'm doing one drunk. The That's all how I want to join you. Nero. You won't be drinking. You've got gout. The all-new <laughs> Kia Nero, available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. Sports Day. The all-new Kia Nero, available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. 
Welcome back to Sports Day with Badge and Sats. The all-new Kia Nero, available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. Now the last five seconds. Clippy Lyons finishes up with the football. The 1996 Grand Final is over. Manly have beaten St George. Yeah. Uh, Spud Carroll is on the line. He was part of that 1996 uh, Manly win in the ARL Grand Final. Spud, uh, bring back some good memories for you, no doubt. Yeah, good afternoon, boys. Uh, unbelievable. As a kid, you dream about, you know, firstly, play, playing first grade. When you start playing first grade, you think, oh, I, just want to, I love the winning comp, but I was lucky enough to, to do that at Manly. We had three cracks of it. Um, I look back now, we probably missed two opportunities, I reckon, as well, 95 and 97, but to say we won one, you know, some of the greatest players have never played in Grand Finals, so I'm pretty happy. Do you remember much about the qualifiers? Like this weekend is, uh, we call them Grand Final qualifiers, other call them preliminary finals. Do you remember much about those games and the um, the intensity and the nervousness around them before, just to make it through to the Grand Final? Yeah, the main, I think the main, also, main thing also was that um, you worried about getting injuries. Mm. So I know that game against St. George, I got a massive cork um, in the quad and... I was probably lucky to play it all paddle up and everything, and just ice and heat and treatment all you know, through the through the week. And back then, you know, mate, we used to work hard on our injuries, but not like they've got now. They've got bloody ice bars after the games. We all had the, was the esky. That's the closest we had. Yeah. And then I, I, just the idea of um, the, the main thing I sort of miss is um, yeah, we always used to play at the Sydney Football Stadium. That was where you played. That's where you went and played the semi-finals, and then hopefully you made the grand final. But I just think. Um, I'm still coming to grips with, you know, I know South are playing a, a, a core, but, you know, the, the Cowboys, you know, I wish it was down here, mate. That's, that's all. Maybe that's just me being a, a New South Wales person. I, was, I just think it should be in Sydney. Now, tactics-wise, Spud, now, can some coaches be guilty of overcomplicating it when you get to finals and getting too excited? And probably think back to the late, great Bozo Fulton. Did he just yeah. simplify things when he came to finals? Yeah, he did. Um, just know your own job. Um, don't worry about what he's doing on the wing or what the centres are doing. Just worry about your own job. My job was just to lay a platform. Um, I wasn't allowed to pass the ball. You know, Steve Menzies was scoring tries. I remember in 95 when we, uh, we had that fantastic defensive unit. Mm. Uh, we only lost three games and one of those was the bloody grand final. And uh, I think Beaver scored uh, 24 tries that year and I got 180 stitches in my right eye. So I did my job. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, uh, reading throughout the week, um, your your advice around how to beat Penrith is try not to beat them with skill, try not to try not to, uh, to do what mm. Penrith do really well, is basically just get in their face mm. and dominate them and bash them. Why, what yeah. gives you that assessment when you sit back and watch Penrith? I think it was a blueprint. I've seen, well, I watched the Melbourne Storm when they played out there at Penrith Park and they um, they just picked them through the middle. They just bashed them through the middle. Sure, I'm missing Fisher Harris and he's a big piece of their jigsaw puzzle, but you've just got to get in their face. It's still I die. If you don't win this game, you're out. Mm. So I'd be coming out line and, and, mate, if you've got to give a penalty, same with bloody, like if you take, they're saying you can't take the kicker down, mate, just let him know you're there. Like whacking once, I guarantee you, he's going to be looking out the side of his eye, especially if you're a kicker. I'm just thinking back to the Manly days. Yeah, we had angles coming left, right, and centre. Sure, you got blokes who are trying to block, and, and we've seen that sats. But um, there is ways of getting to the quarterback, and it's like so much like NFL. I reckon in some ways these finals, if you can get if you can get a sack and get that uh, that halfback down, 
your side goes to good to winning the game. So 25, 26 years later after you won that grand final, really nothing's changed with the blokes in the middle just uh, just trying to dominate. Yeah, well, we, we say it each week about, you know, I love so many carries. Um, my, my goal was always to hit 20 carries. And back then, we didn't have the metres. So we just worried about how many hit-ups we did. But now they have metre each. And, you know, if your front row is doing 200 carries, you have a look at the, uh, the Campbell Gillards and that uh, and Junior Parlo. The way he made, the way he played the other week is incredible. He's laid a platform, 20 carries each, 200 metres. And guess what? You're half and five, eight get a good ball. But if you're on your back foot, the five, eight can't get a decent ball. Same with South. You know, Latrell Mitchell only looks good when they're laying platforms. If, if they don't lay the platform, mate, he can't do it on his ear. Mm. Well, that doesn't explain for me, Spud. I played with you on the 1990 Kangaroo Tour. You chip and chasing. Mm. <laughs> Doesn't explain why you did that. <laughs> and I'll just tell a quick story, Spud. Well, well, we were off at halftime. We were playing against the French. Yeah. It was freezing cold. <laughs> Kevin Costner was at the game. It was about minus six degrees. Was he filming it was, Robin Hood? Was it was, it? Yeah, it was yeah. The, yeah, that's what he was in Carcassonne. It, it was, was the worst, yeah. one of the worst games of rugby league he, he could have ever witnessed. But we came yeah. off and the, it was very close. It was like 6-4 or something. And Bozo said... Just yeah. get the ball and stop throwing it around because no one wanted to get tackled. It was freezing. Just hit it up, hit it up, yeah, hit it up. We'll cold. go right through the middle. Yeah. Everyone went, yeah, yeah. They kicked off to yeah. us. Spud got the kickoff, chipped over the top. <laughs> the French got it and almost scored. <laughs> we just saved the try. I'm oh, not, did on, the big hook come out then, Spud, or what? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, he hooked me. He hooked me straight away. But uh, um, no, no, well, mate, a lot of people don't understand. I was a five eight up until I was eighteen. Okay? I was a five eight as well for for St Mary's. And I was at St Patrick Blacktown, and mate, I've always had that gift of a chip and kick. But when I was a young bloke, they used to come back and not go to someone else. Yeah, tell Bozo that at the time. Oh, <laughs> all that spud eating, all that spud eating, oh, made mate, you go another six oh, inches. Oh, that was funny. Hey, now. Uh, you yep. played. You're you're a Parramatta junior. You told me the other the other night. I think you had mm. told me that before. Yeah. You played for Penrith. You played for South. I guess you're not keen on the Cowboys on Friday night. Then ah, uh, the Cowboys. Well, mate, they're fresh, aren't they? If they don't win, there's something going on. But I think Parramatta might have the game. Might have the game to you know put it to them. Um, you know they've got to just give it to them in the forwards. Um, I know Tom Lolo is playing great, but you've got to take on McLean. But I've that Ruben Cotter, I haven't seen him bounce back since he won that, I think, man, a match performance in, in uh, Stave Origin 1. So, but the thing is, the killer is for Parramatta is that these guys are fresh. Um, sure, the humidity is going to be up to about, they're saying 85%. My God, you'd be sweating for Australia up there. Yeah. But, um, at least it's a night game. It's a night game. If it was a day game when we were coming through, boys, it would have been a bit hot. Yeah, absolutely. Shocker. So how do you combat that, Spud? I mean, mm. you work in the health and fitness industry. You've also played in... Some mm. um, some different conditions, whether it's cold or hot. And you're going up there on Friday. They're arriving Thursday yeah. night. They won't do any training sessions from, we're led to believe, up there. How do you combat that? Mm. Is, is it just about, you just got to start quick? Yeah, you've got to start fast. But it's all about, you know, a bit of our hydration as well. Just keep you, you know, the, they'll be late. Mate, they're so far, far advanced now. We've been retired 25 years, boys. We used to drink uh, ring water and that was it. But they've got all these electrolytes and whatever. But it's all about, um, yeah, you've got to start fast. If you, if you don't come out of the blocks, Quick and and it, it can be over in ten minutes because the game just goes so fast these days. And if they can put a couple of tries on you, and you're on the back foot, mate, it's hard to catch up these days. Are you uh, convinced of any of the games, Spud? Whoever wins either of the games will be the will be the premier. So if if Penrith beats South or South beat Penrith, do you think the winner comes out of that game the following week? Uh, yeah, I've got to, yeah, I'd have to say that. Um, I think Penrith. It's just, when can you beat them, mate? Like, seriously, they're, they're fresh. 
Uh, they've hardly got any injuries. You look at South Sydney, the poor buggers. I know Tom Burgess down there. They've lost um, Avili. Is that yep. the young, yeah, young kid who uh, he did his calf? I think he did. Mate, he, remind, he reminds me so much of that Brandon, Brandon Smith, you know, the demolition man. He runs so hard. He comes on and can create magic. But uh, they're going to miss him. I think uh, Jairo's a little bit crook. He's Gary Coyne. Mm. Got, uh, <laughs> I think uh, um, who, on the wings, he's a little bit, Alex he's a little bit uh, yep. damage control too. I think Alex Johnston, he hasn't ran this week. <laughs> I know he does, I know he's fit as it, but then he's done a hip flex. So mate, but, but then this time of year, boys, mate, you're like a pincushion, aren't you? Yep. You take as many needles as you can to get on the footy field. In two weeks' time, guess what? You can kick back and grab a beer and uh, and, and and take it easy. But mate, you just got to do everything to get on the field. I'm sure South will do that, and they'll put a fantastic performance. They're up against the odds, but then again, mate, they've got the main person there, and that's that Latrell Mitchell, mate. He is a freak. I love watching him play. He's got a smile on his face. Some of the stuff he did last week, like he was getting thrown over the line, over the sideline with four people about to throw him over the fence. He flicks a ball. Where did he pull that ball from? <laughs> yeah, he's talented. He's like a magician. Yeah, like Gene Miles passes, what I called it. It was amazing. Hey, um, hey Spud, yeah, it no doubt a couple of great games and, uh, and then we're heading into a grand final next week. But before we let you go, I just want to ask you uh, your thoughts, your reaction mm-hmm. to uh, the Channel 7 story on Mario Fennick. The other night, I know as a former yeah. South player as well, you would have had a lot to do with Muzz. Yeah, uh, I must say, boys, it rattled me. Um, I, I was at dinner and my good mate Peter Johnson, uh, the cutter, he called himself the cutter because he used to cut him in half and he was one of the biggest hitters I've come across. Remember, he used to play for Paramount mm. and I played with him at Paramount South. South, South yeah. I think the first instance of that video was that he was, he, he, Mario was a, 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 he was a head high motion. He used to get you up high, he used to wear those big arm guards. And they'd have a bit of plastic in there. That was the good old days, right? We come out swinging arm, and John I used to run straight at him, and he dropped him. And remember, he was on the ground convulsing, and no one likes to see that. But I guarantee you, it rattled me. Um, I had a bit of an emotional day on Monday. I, I was ringing around. Uh, spoke to James Graham. I spoke to Ian Roberts. He rang me um, just to say hello. But I, I, we spoke about Mario. But um, I've actually booked in. I'm going to go and get tested. I want to get. I've never had an MRI on my melon. Um, hopefully they can find something, but <laughs> I must say it did uh, it, it did it did rattle me, man. I tell you, yeah. a lot of times, you know, I got Mario a couple of times. I used to snort. Yeah, you know, back then we could hit him with a shoulder charge. The, the old, the, I never ever head eyed anyone, but I tell you what, I put a lot of people sleep shoulder to the chin, and back then we could get away with it. But now, mate, you can't do it. But you know, I just worry about the people that we did hit all those years ago. Um, we're talking twenty five years ago. But I feel sorry for the ones before that. Like we talk about, you know, Scotty's old man, mate, far out. How tough were those buggers? You know, George Piggins. Then you got the people I used to love walking through, like the Mark Graham's of the world, the Terry Randall's, the Ray Prices. You know, the Jeff Robinsons, mate. I I really feel for them. Well, Spud, you're um, you're well, making sir. a lot of sense, which is great, and you're in your mid fifties. And Mario got diagnosed mm-hmm. at fifty three, so um, yeah, it was it was very confronting, but it was very brave of him as well. And yeah. mate, we do appreciate you yeah. giving us your thoughts on uh, on the finals this week sure, and man. everything else, Spud. Uh, thanks for joining us on Sports Day, mate. Yeah. No, always available, boys. SEN is the best station. But the thing is, if you want me next week, I'm here, boys. You know where I am. And my, I'm just looking out at the sign at the front of my gym. It's called Spud Gym. No one's ever come from the streets to say, Spud, I've just heard you on the radio. I don't know what's going on. But the sign says, don't let fear hold you back. Yeah, they're too scared so to come in and week. confront you. Yeah. That's the problem, He's Spud. A big monster standing at the door, Spud. You don't welcome people uh, you, and you no, can't you, scare you, them you away. Turned up, you turned up, mate. No, I vomited. I'm, I think I'm I vomited nice after it. It was nice of you, mate. You kept coming back. He told me you made him vomit. <laughs> See you, boys. Enjoy. See ya. He loves it. He wears that as a badge of honour if someone uh, gets crook and he works them that hard. Sats, hey, uh, before we get, get to the break, our text's greatest Australian sporting moments. Sats, got any more there for us? One more? 
Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot coming in. Uh, Cliffy Young's got a couple of votes, actually. Mm. Uh, what about Kieran Perkins' rip-off rooster, says? Gold from, he said lane 10, but it was lane 8. It was amazing. At the Atlanta Olympics. He that only was. just squeaked into the final. Yes, from the, slowest qualifier. Yeah, he lane was too. Eight. Yeah. And, uh, oh, that was 192, back in 96. Amazing. Yeah. Keep it coming. 0457 for Elders Insurance from local footy to community events. It's our way of giving back. Sports Day. The all-new Kia Nera. Available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. Welcome back to Sports Day with Badge and Sats. The all-new Kia Nero. Available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. Yeah, we mentioned earlier on we we're going to catch up with uh, Simon Orchard from New South Wales Greyhounds because it is another massive week uh, because the TAB Million Dollar Chase is on this Saturday night. The final, in fact, is on this Saturday night. And plenty of other races, uh, Simon. Very exciting, especially given that there was one of these earlier in the year. Yeah, spot on, boys. It's a big, big week for us. It feels like grand final week. I know the footy codes are wrapping up their seasons this week and next week. But for us, this is what it's all about. So, yeah, we've got the Tab Million Dollar Chase final Saturday night worth a million dollars, the fifth edition of this million dollar race. But that's not all, boys. We've got 15 grand for the Magic million uh the magic maiden i should say we've got 25 grand for the young stars winner we've got 100 grand for the masters meteor race which is for the older dogs we've got 100 grand for the sydney cup winner and a million dollars for the million dollar chase and now i start to think about it i hope my pay check comes in this week because we don't have any money left amazing yeah mate there's uh there's plenty um well semi-finals of course will last friday night and a couple of uh a couple of trainers Dominated. This is uh, John and Minnie. They've got the zippings, haven't they? Yeah, they do. Amongst others, they've got a couple of the good zippings. So a lot of your fans out there and listeners will know Zipping Curios. He's become a bit of a fan favourite over the past couple of years. And look, I'll be honest, boys, a lot of people put the writing on the wall for Curios a couple of months ago and said maybe this is it for him. He came out and he won really well uh, at Richmond in the, mil- in the Million Dollar Chase heats. And then he came out and won again in the semi final. So he goes through to the final, Zipping Alabama. For the men, for the Finns as well, goes through to the final. And, of course, Gatlin, the fastest qualifier in a time of 29-28, he goes through as well. So, look, I don't think people were surprised by the Finns doing really well, boys. I think it was just the times that stood out for us. 29-28 for Gatlin, as I said. 29-37 for Kyrgios. And then Zipping Alabama, 29-36. So, Minnie and John, they hold three chances, three out of eight chances to win a million bucks. And I reckon they're going to be pretty hard to knock off as well. So a crack field on Saturday night for the Tab Million Dollar Chase final. And the Finns have all the favourites so far. Hey, Simon, uh, Zipping Kyrgios. Uh, is Zipping Kyrgios a popular dog amongst all the other oh, he, dogs? You should see him go off when he loses. Just He kicks his dog bowl. He's, yep. all, he's filthy. <laughs> yeah. Dirty on the world. <laughs> he, he, he's, he's a brilliant dog. No attachment. Uh, to the other curios that we all know and either love or hate. But I think the thing about him that's so popular, Sats, is he's a come-from-behind winner. So most of his races, he doesn't lead. He just surges in the last 100 metres or so. And if he's to win on the weekend, he's going to have to be pretty close to the leaders because these are some of the best dogs, not only in the state, but from around the country. So he can't be giving them too big a head start. Otherwise, there'll be no chance to run them down. And is it more likely to be a bit, bit of a log jam given that there's 10, 10 in the final? Well, only, only eight in the final uh, will line up oh. um, badge. We've got two reserves. So Panama Pepper in box nine, chasing Fernando in ten. They won't race. 
uh, unless there's an injury, illness, or something else happens in the lead-up. So only eight, but still, as I said, we've yeah. got eight absolute rockets ready to go on Saturday night. They can all run time. They can all crack 30 seconds, which is sort of a bit of a magic mark at Wentworth Park if you're going to be a serious greyhound. Uh, and may the best dog win come Saturday night. Now, Pete Lagogeny, who's a uh, two-time winner of the race, has, has he got one of the finalists signed? He sure does. French Martini going from box seven. Pete Lagogione, uh he won the first million-dollar chase, and then if that wasn't enough, he came back two years later and won the third edition as well. So, uh, look, if there's any man in the field who knows how to win it, it's Pete and his wife Jody. They've done a wonderful job to get... French Martini to this point. There's a wonderful story behind that dog as well, boys, which we'll hopefully tell in the next couple of days. If people are listening to radio or reading on thedogs.com, you'll find out a bit more about that dog. But French Martini, I'm, I'm not sure. I might have tipped you guys into this at a bit of a price a couple of weeks ago as a futures prospect. I thought really good up-and-coming greyhound has run really well at Wenty Park in the past. She's got all the form on the board. And, of course, she's trained by the one and only... Pete Lagogione. So how would that be? He could potentially be the three-time winner come Saturday night and have three million bucks in the space of four years for greyhound racing. That'd oh, be an absolute dream come true for him and connections. Life-changing, yeah, mm. amazing. Right, eh? well, Simon, time for you to find us some winners, um, one or two uh, from the race meet, and also, of course, your winner in the big one. Well, we'll start tonight, boy, in Wenty Park. Hopefully, we can build. A bit of a bank for the listeners out here. We'll go to race four, number two, nice Ebby. Now, look, this greyhound had uh, a run over the staying trip two back. It was her first start over 715 metres. Still don't know how she didn't win. I obviously can't bet, but I was watching her thinking, oh, boy, the punters are going to be cranky. She led all the way up to the last bound and just got done on the line. So hopefully tonight, fitter, uh, back at Wenty Park, running over 720. Think she can run a really good race and hopefully trouble the favourite as well. So race four, number two, nice Ebby at about $2.90. And then if you go to race 11 on the card tonight, so it's going to take a little while to get to that race as well uh, as my app slows down in front of me. Um, you're going to go race 11, number six, especially rare. So 15 starts, only the two wins, but has had five minors. Ran at Wenty Park, I think, three starts back for 29.74. That would beat everything in this race by a couple of lengths, boys. So, look, save your powder till race 11 tonight. Number six, especially rare. I think it's a really good bet. And as far as the million-dollar chase final goes on Saturday night, look, I can't steer away from French Martini. I think I've said it a couple of times on the show. Pete Lagagione can win some of the best races in the country. He's already proven it by winning the million-dollar chase twice before. This greyhound has just been progressing nicely over the last 12 months. I think this was always the aim for Pete and the team. Box 7 is probably the key as well. That's where Pete won both his million-dollar chase races from before. Ooh. French Martini jumps out of the black. I think she's the one to beat. Lucky nice. Box 7 wearing the black. Okay, we're all over it, mate. Hey, Simon, uh, thanks very much, mate. And it's a massive week for New South Wales greyhounds and I uh, hope it all goes well on Saturday night with the Tab Million Dollar Chase. Thank you, boys. Have a good one. Good luck, punters. It is, of course, the world's richest greyhound race, the Tab Million Dollar Chase, and it is on this Saturday night. Come on, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. There's got to be an investigation into this. This has got to be... Someone's got to be accountable for this. We're not saying the Million Dollar Chase is ridiculous. We're going to throw some up to you. Some uh, 
things that have happened or that we want to talk about sats what is ridiculous in your world now mine is around an event okay so this is there's a lot of that's ridiculous is here but I'm going to get Maddie to I think ridiculous is plural to push the ridiculous button after all of my that's ridiculouses or ridiculous the mine is around the 1900 olympics in Paris. Right. And so some of the events that are in the 1900 Why are you Olympics. the 1900 Olympics? Well, I've anyway. been, I listen to a good podcast. I've reading, been reading about the Olympics uh, of late. Now, the hammer and discus throw in the 1900 Paris Olympics, the track was so narrow and short that the hammer and the discus would go into the crowd. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Um, they had horse. Was long, there a hammer and discus catching competition? That horse long jumping. Horse long jumping. Horse jumping, also horse and horse long jumping. What? Yep. The triple jump had to be. Surprised that didn't stick. The triple jump had to be performed from a standing start. Oh, how hard. They had air ballooning as as an event. They had pigeon racing. So they let the pigeons go from 80 kilometres from Paris, and the first pigeon that arrived in Paris (laughs) won the gold medal. So pigeons, there was a pigeon flying around with a gold medal around its (laughs) net. Well. Trying to. Okay. They had an Australian athlete that won medals in the one, two. Edwin Flack. 100, 200 metres in the 800. Edwin Flack. And then he was asked by England to compete in their team 5,000 metre event, which he won the gold in for England. For England? <laughs> now, was, that, was that him? I don't know who it was. Oh, what? Now, the rowing, they also had a coxman event as well where you had, you know, your, your person that back then they steered the actual boat. And so... That's what they do. One of the countries used to, one of the countries started using children. So the English, they went and just asked the parents of a kid in the crowd watching the rowing this day, can we use your kid to be the coxman? So the kid gets in the back of the boat, wins the gold medal, and then is released back to his family. To this day, no one knows who the kid is and he won a gold medal. (laughs) Come on, that's ridiculous. That is amazing, Sats. That's topped all that's ridiculous that we've ever done. 1900 Paris Olympics. Nine, okay, there beautiful. You, go. you can bring us the 1904 Olympics next That was in St. Louis. St. Louis. And it went for six months. All right. Well, that, yeah, and no. the marathon. Save it. And Save the... it, Scott. So, but that, okay. That, now, mine, the ID, ICC, International Crick Council, has decided it's actually fair and square to ManCAD. Come on, that's ridiculous. You know, that's not bit, ridiculous. That's dodgy. great. You know, it was always dodgy and unsportsmanlike and you shouldn't, you know. So explain what the man cat is. Well, when a, the, the, the batter at the non-striker's end backs up, he starts to run early. Yes. And as the bowler goes to release the ball, he doesn't. And if you're out of the crease, you take the stumps out. Now, when I played cricket, you had to, you had to give them a warning. Mm. And I think you still do. Well, they're saying now, nah, it's just a run out. You can do it Good. and it's I a like run it. out. I like that. I find well it. Well done. Come on, that's ridiculous. It is, yes. For expert car service, book into your local Repco authorised service centre and keep those texts coming. This is Sports Day. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. Sports Day. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. Welcome back to Sports Day with Badge and Sats. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. Yeah, it's time for us to uh, finish the show off, Sats. We've got to give away the Bing Lee voucher, $100 Bing yeah. Lee voucher. You're just telling uh, Matty McKeldon about your anal beads. About the anal, not my anal beads. The story what? of the anal beads yeah, in the what? chest. Oh, they weren't yours. No, the way, <laughs> I'm not the way you phrase that. See, mud sticks. <laughs> 
Gary. Righto, the winner of the $100 voucher is uh, Rob from Maruka, who texts us in earlier on to say his greatest moment, Australian moment in sport, was Cliffy Young. Young winning the ultra marathon, the mm. first ever one from Melbourne to Sydney. That was just incredible stuff. The uh, shuffle, didn't he? So good on you, Rob. Uh, mm. And you can use that uh, voucher online. Get footy finals ready at Bing Lee with Hugh Deals and OLED TVs from all leading brands. It's the perfect time to upgrade. Head to binglee.com.au. It's time for the last blast on Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Let's get to some of the texts that we haven't got through. And uh, Muzz has said, Badge and Sats, regarding the Hawthorne allegations, if people are found guilty, then throw the book at them. Absolutely. But the trouble is with allegations, especially of this nature, mud sticks, even if people are proved innocent. Mm. feel really sorry for those that have been named. They are entitled to be presumed innocent, but they won't be, especially by those at the ABC who are frothing at the moment. Go the bloods as well, he said, the, the Swannies. So, yeah, he, did, he make a good point there, Muzz. Absolutely. And, yes, I, I have seen the Kings, the four-part boxing um, boxing doco about uh, Duran, Hagler, Hearns and Leonard. Mm. Best boxing doco I've seen ever. Yeah, so there's been a lot of texts here about great moments as well in Fantastic, sport. Fantastic, yeah. Aussie diver Matthew Mitchum winning gold. He needed a perfect 10 dive at the 2008 Beijing Olympic oh, Games. Yes. Sporty Gavi. He was a great athlete. Yeah. Matthew Mitchum. Did you read this one about from number one golfer sets? Greatest sporting moment. Bradman scoring 309 mm. in a day. Eventually out for three, all out for 334. That was in 1930. Uh, to me, he's the best sportsman ever. Well, he's one of the greatest Australian sportsmen, that's for sure, all world. Second is Kathy Freeman, the 2000 Olympics, the 400. What a champion. And third best, Rod Laver winning the Grand Slam a second time in yeah. 1969, seven years after I don't his think first. We, I don't think we celebrate Rod Laver enough. Well, I try to, but, you know, people forget easily and we love the new, the newest and shiniest thing, but he was just just amazing. Just dominated for a number of years. Uh, sorry, boys, a bit late, Stephen Bradbury, but the best moment, who, uh, who, uh, ever who else has a moment in the future named after them. He did a Bradbury. Yeah, of course, there you yeah. go. Right, time On Sports is. Day, it's time for the last laugh with Scott Sattler. I can't believe I just wandered in. I, he's coming right in. He's going to do a set after me. The stage is yours. It's actually not a. It's not a joke tonight. A really quick one. I bumped into my old um, maths teacher mm. today. I haven't seen her for years, Mrs. Turtle. She taught us well. <laughs> oh, she taught us. Well. <laughs> oh. Matt doesn't even think they're funny. He's just you know, pushing the laugh. You know, there's nice. only three types of people in this world. Who's that? Those who can count. Yep. And those who can't. But uh, don't forget, if you missed anything tonight, grab it on the podcast. The pause is very Just important. Look then, for to Sports Day, NSW from wherever you get your podcast from, Apple or Spotify. Uh, generally, that's us. This is Sports Day for the all-new Kia Nero, available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. Thanks for your great texts, and uh, we will be uh, coming up with some more topics tomorrow night to give away another one of those uh, Big Lee $100 vouchers. We will catch you then. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you. Goodbye! 
Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.